Welcome to the root of all success with the real Jason Duncan, a podcast that explores how the world's most powerful entrepreneurs unlocked success and how their stories can help you do the same. A successful educator turned entrepreneur, Jason has built multi-million dollar businesses that have been featured in Inc. Magazine and Entrepreneur Magazine. His life's mission now is helping entrepreneurs live what he calls hashtag the exit lifestyle. Introducing TEDx speaker, mastermind leader, author, entrepreneur, cigar aficionado, motorcycle enthusiast, and host of the root of all success, the real Jason Duncan. The real Jason Duncan. Hey there, welcome to another episode of The Root of All Success. I'm The Real Jason Duncan, and we have a special episode for you this week. For those of you that are frequent listeners to the show, you know that occasionally we release an episode on the show of a recording from a live webinar series that I do twice a month called the Entrepreneur Masters Series. Well, right now, today, we're releasing one of these extra episodes of the recording of the Entrepreneur Masters Series. What the Entrepreneur Master Series is, is a free bi-weekly 90-minute live webinar series that I've designed and curated exclusively for entrepreneurs to give a mini masterclass so that you can learn from some of the world's top experts as they share practical tips and knowledge in their areas of expertise and mastery. We do topics on anything related to entrepreneurship like taxes, credit, sales, branding, legal issues, social media, business structures, et cetera. And this episode today was one that we thought was so good that we wanted to release the audio version here on the podcast. Now, if you want to go watch the episode and see me and the guests talk about this, you can go to my YouTube channel, which is youtube.com slash the real Jason Duncan, and just search for the playlist entrepreneur masters series. So enjoy the episode. It's a little different than normal, but enjoy the episode and I'll see you next time. And I'm coming to you live from my home office in Gallatin, right outside of Nashville. And I've got a great guest for our episode today. You're going to really, really, really enjoy this, but I want to explain to you a couple things about what the Entrepreneur Master Series is. I want to introduce our topic and our guest for today and let you know what we're going to be talking about. First of all, I want to say a big thank you. Thank you for registering for this. We do this live on Zoom. So if you're on Zoom, thank you for being here and get that Q&A bubble down at the bottom of your Zoom screen. There's a little Q&A bubble. Hit that and be ready to ask questions because you're going to want to ask questions and we're going to answer them live here in the show today. Uh, also, we're live on Facebook, we're live on YouTube, and we're live on LinkedIn. So thank you for following me at The Real Jason Duncan at any of those locations. And we're going to be bringing these to you live every other week here on the Entrepreneur Master Series. I do these live webinars. I've been doing them for a couple of years right here on, on just on this camera, looking at you, bringing in guest experts that talk about anything from financial literacy, sales, marketing, entrepreneurship, leadership, you name it. And today we're going to be talking about the idea of storytelling. And you might be thinking, well, what in the world do I want to know about storytelling? Well, here's the thing. The thing about storytelling is this. If you can tell better stories as a salesperson and as an entrepreneur, you're going to get your clients to spend more money with you. So if you want to know the secret to getting clients to spend more money with you, then this is the right place. We've got Mark Carpenter on with us today. He is a master storyteller who's helped salespeople and entrepreneurs, business executives all around the world to use stories to sell more effectively. 
He is the co-author of the best-selling book, Master Storytelling, How to Turn Your Experiences into Stories that Teach, Lead, and Inspire. He's the co-creator of the Master Storytelling Workshop as well. He's got over 20 years experience in corporate communication, 10 years as an adjunct professor of communication, and 15 years of facilitating training. He's a true expert in the art of storytelling for business. And in today's session, he's going to be sharing his insights on how to tap into emotions that drive purchasing decisions and how to use stories to connect better with your audience, with your customers, so that you can build trust. So if you followed me for any amount of time, you know that I teach that every buying decision is made emotionally and then justified logically. I also, you know, that I'm not really good at the emotional side of selling. So today's episode is going to be really, really good for me. So let me help. Uh, let's all together. I want you to help me welcome Mark Carpenter as our guest on Entrepreneur Master Series today. Welcome to the show, Mark. Hey, so glad to be here with you, Jason. It's uh, my privilege to be here with you and your audience and excited to talk about this. You set this topic up wonderfully. Thank you. Well, I, uh, I could have told a story, <laughs> but I didn't. But here we are. So, you know, when you're not telling stories, when you're not training, when you're not coaching or speaking or creating content, you're usually out hiking or snowshoeing some, somewhere in the mountains of Utah where you live, uh, playing the piano or bragging about your grandkids or writing children's books. So what, what of those things have you been doing recently this week? I, I came down from playing the piano about a half an hour ago. <laughs> so that's that's my therapy in the middle of the day when I just need a middle break. I'll just sit down and play a couple of tunes on the piano and it just kind of gets that creative flow going back into me again. Well, sometimes we need that, don't we? We need to break away from the from the average, break away from the normal stuff and go if you got some creative outlets, like I play, I don't play piano, but I play guitar. Uh, I love riding my motorcycle. You know, I can just break up the monotony by getting out and walking down the sidewalk or go, go just sit out in the backyard. It, sometimes we just need to do that. So, um, well, tell us briefly, let's get into how you became a storytelling expert that set the stage for the tactics that we're going to, that you're going to help us understand today, because the whole point is we're going to undercover the secret to getting our clients to spend more money with us through the power of storytelling. So how did you become a master storyteller? You know, I, I actually think it started when I was a kid. Uh, as a child, I was always looking for the ways to get some positive attention. I mean, I knew I could get negative attention by, by acting out and misbehaving, but I was always looking for ways to get more positive attention and get to people to laugh. I love to get people to laugh. And so I kind of started as a storyteller teller even as a kid as I, as I grew up I realized that I was never going to really be a comedian or anything like that but I got into corporate communications and marketing communications that's where I started my career as you said in my in my bio and in that you use a lot of business storytelling uh, you you're trying to interpret your organization to its various publics and what's the best way to do that story so I was able to use it there and then I trans transitioned into uh, teaching as an adjunct professor, as you mentioned, and then facilitating workshops, which is also a place where you use a lot of storytelling to get across key principles and, and help people understand difficult concepts. And then my, my friend, Daryl Harmon, and I started uh, working on this book. And as we started working on it, I realized, gee, I'm doing all these things without really knowing why. And there's a lot of great science that backs up 
why storytelling connects us as human beings. And this has allowed me the opportunity to be a lot more intentional about storytelling and to really say, not only do I feel like this work, but I know, know why it works. I know why it's helpful to connect us with people. And that's how you get people to buy from you is, is making those connections. So what uh, do you remember a, a kind of an impactful moment where as a child, you heard a story or like that meant something to you that, that kind of moved you emotionally. Do you remember that? You know, I'm not sure it was so much, even as a child, it was probably more in college. And I, I had this epiphany moment. Well, for one thing, all the college professors I liked, I realized were those who translated the concepts into stories. That's the way I was able to understand them. That's how I was able to remember them. And again, there's a lot of great science that backs up why that works that, that, I, that I've discovered now. But I also remember during my college years, reading, um, reading the book, The Winds of War by Herman Woke. And for those of you who don't know that book, it's, a, it's, it's pretty hefty. It's, it's a pretty thick book. And it's set at the beginning of World War II. But it doesn't just give you a history of World War II. It does it in the context of this family that was in various places during that time. And it tells the history of World War II in the form of the story of this family. I was a, a, the kid who grew up in history classes trying to memorize facts and figures and names and places just to regurgitate for the text. And I thought I hated history. And I found out from that book, I love history. But I love it because of the stories of the people that are involved in it. And so that was an aha moment for me to realize this is how I make sense of the world. And it's really how a lot of people make sense of the world is by connecting into stories that are meaningful to them, that connect to their life, and then they can remember things better and apply them better. Well, you, I think you mentioned history and stories. So I want to talk about that for a second because I am a former history teacher. I taught eighth grade American history um, back you know, it's been a long, long time now, but I remember not liking history as a kid. I didn't like it at all. There, there was nothing about uh, the history class that I, that I enjoyed, but as a teacher, I thoroughly enjoyed it because I told it through stories. And as a matter of fact, right above my door, it said story time with Mr. Duncan. So when, when kids came into history class, they probably had the same opinion. Most kids do. Ah, why well, do I want to learn about old dead people? And so I, I always told it in stories and you're right. It made all the difference in the world. Yeah. A really dear friend of mine uh, that, that I worked with in technology and he left technology, got his teaching certificate and went back and taught eighth grade history. <laughs> just, just like what you're talking about there, Jason. And That's he awesome. used to go in, he had, he had been in the military and he had all these different military uniforms from different conflicts around the country and around the world. And as he was teaching those sections, he would come in those uniforms and he would teach those kids in a way that they could make sense of it by actually seeing it. The, the thing that story does is it creates a vicarious experience. So as you're teaching your kids those, the history lessons in the form of story, it's not them just getting information. They're there. They're at the Battle of Gettysburg. They're in the Civil War. They're marching in a civil rights movement. 
they're in those situations and that's what's going to resonate with them more because it doesn't just hit into the memory parts of our brain. It hits into really into your heart. And so it stays with people longer. Well, why do you think that is? What is the reason we remember stories more than facts? You know, there's there's a lot of research around this too. Part of it is where we store our, our memories. That we ha- we have this memory function in our in our brain, and it's really connected to our lives. And what are our lives? But a, just a connection of little stories, the little experiences that we have, that are our own stories. And so, anytime we hear new information, it's going to run through that story center of our brain. It's going to run through that part where we store those experiences and those memories. And it goes in there and says, does this make sense based on my history, based on my background? Now, if it does, then it reinforces into that memory and it connects to those memories that we already have. Here's the tricky part. If it doesn't connect to a story in that we already have, it doesn't connect to part of our memories, we'll do one of two things. We'll either reject it and say, that's not valid for me, or we'll change it until it does make sense to us and then it sticks that way, but it's probably going to stick the wrong way. But let me, let me give you a quick example of what I'm talking about. A good friend of mine, his name's Rick. Uh, he was at a family gathering one time and his grandmother asked him what he was doing at work. And this was, this was a couple of decades ago. He was doing some computer-based training. He was comp- creating some computer-based training. And he was kind of excited about it. So he was explaining to his grandmother about this computer-based training that he was working on. And how excited he was. And she was nodding intently and looked like she was listening and understanding. Well, about half an hour later at this family function, one of his cousins comes up to him and says, did you change jobs? And he says, no, I I didn't change jobs. Why do you think I changed jobs? He says, well, grandma says you're selling computers now. And he said, what do you mean selling computers? But for grandma, she didn't know what computer-based training was. And so she couldn't relate to that. So all she heard was he's doing something with computers. And what made sense to her was, oh, people sell computers. That's what Rick's doing now. And so she changed that in her mind because she couldn't relate to it. Now, from a business standpoint, this is where it gets a little tricky because we know our business is inside and out. And if we start telling a story about some intricacies within our product or service that we know so well and that we think are so cool, but our clients or our prospective customers don't understand that and can't relate to it, we're going to lose them. And so as you tell these stories, it's not about you, it's about them. And so make sure that you're making that connection to what they know and what they understand. But we remember those things better through story because that's how we store memories is in stories. Now, there is a place where we store facts and figures that's a little a little higher place in our, in our brain, but new information always runs through that story function. Well, I think you said something really interesting there, Mark, too, about the story that we tell should be about them, not about us. And that's so often the wrong thing. I, there was, um, I forget who told this story. In the middle of me telling it, somebody, I, I will remember who it was, but Somebody was telling me this story recently about how, oh, oh, you know what it was? It was on, it was on our, my last EMS. The guest told this story. He said what happened was that some, some famous person allowed somebody to use his 
grounds his his property to have a wedding uh, rehearsal and or wedding and a rehearsal dinner. So at the rehearsal dinner, dude shows up like this very famous person shows up. And so when he get, you know, he walked into the room, kind of everything, the record scratches and everybody stops talking. They recognize this very famous person and uh, they all know whose house they're at. And so he decides to give a tiny little speech. But in the story that he told was all about himself. It had nothing to do with congratulating the, the, the couple that was about to get married or everybody showing up from all over the country. It was all about himself. And as salespeople and as business people, um, this is the thing I have to train very, very hard uh, against is when salespeople show up and they want to tell stories or tell whatever to the prospect. They're telling it all about themselves and their company. And, and nobody cares. They, they don't care about how great you are and how good your company is. They want to know that you understand them. So we've got to shift our storytelling from being about ourselves to being about that person. That was one of the key points I wrote down. I think everybody needs to write that down. And by the way, if you're either on LinkedIn, YouTube, Facebook, or on Zoom, you can ask questions. What Mark will answer live here in the show all you have to do is in YouTube, Facebook, or LinkedIn, just in the comment section, type your question. And sometimes we miss them, so we apologize ahead of time. But in Zoom, if you use the Q&A bubble, we will definitely see that one. All you got to do is put your question there, and then our producer, Garen, will pull it out for us and pop it in here in the screen, and we will answer it live right here for you. So if you have questions about storytelling or anything that we're talking about, please make sure to ask those questions. All right, so Mark, you're telling us that we connect better with stories. We remember stories better than facts and figures, and our stories need to be about them, not about us. How does this all apply specifically to salespeople who want people to buy stuff from them? Yeah, and and I'll even go back one step further than that, as, as you were talking about. This is since this is the Entrepreneurs Master Series. A lot of times we get this advice as entrepreneurs: well, you got to tell your founder story. You know, tell the founder story, and that sometimes trickles down into sales, you know, that they're going to tell the founder stories as part of their sales pitch. If we make that founder story about the founder, to your point, nobody really cares. But if we make the point of the founder story about how the founder wanted to serve people like you, then people are paying attention because they're listening to how that affects them, how that ties to them. In sales, we get a lot into facts, features, benefits types of things. And if we get stuck on features, we know we've lost people. And so we tend to talk about benefits, but we talk about them generally. And if you can take those benefits and put them into the form of, here's a story of how someone like you went from a current state that they weren't happy with to a changed state that was improved because they used our product or service. That's going to help people see the benefit without you saying, here's the benefit you're going to get. I had a really interesting experience with this kind of early on in master storytelling. I had taught this to a group of sales professionals. And one of the big pushbacks I got was, well, you can't expect me not to share features and, and facts about the, the products. And I said, no, that's not what I'm saying at all. I'm just saying augment it with a story that relates to the client. And I got a little hesitation from, from a lot of people in that group. Two weeks later, I get an email from one of the participants in that class, and they said, I "Have to tell you this. Uh, I got to admit, I, I, I was wrong. I was wrong. I was I was skeptical about this whole idea of storytelling with sales. But I was on the phone with a client, 
who or a, a prospect that I've been trying to get a proposal into. And they keep pushing me off and they keep pushing me off and they keep pushing me off. And I started talking to them and I got the same kind of resistance. And I said, well, let me tell you about another client that's in a similar business to you and about what happened with them when they used our service. And she told that story. And at the end, the client kind of hesitated and said, you know, write up a proposal for me. I want to see what that's going to look like. And she said, I was, I just about fell over because I'd never gotten that far with this prospect, but it opened that door to say, mm, maybe this is something that I can, I should consider. So that just telling the story, open the door. So how do we make more money through storytelling? Well, there you go. You might get in front of somebody you would have never had an opportunity to get in front of just by telling stories. Um, I think this is a, probably a common problem that we as salespeople have. And I, maybe it's not, maybe it's just me, but if we like, I'm, I intellectually mark, I know I should be telling more stories. I know that I know that in my sales interactions with my prospects and potential people that I want to pitch to, I should be telling more stories, but where do you draw the line between just making crap up <laughs> and telling stories about, real people and real life and real customers that you've worked with. I mean, cause I don't want to just tell the same story every single time or do I? Well, and you can't because every single person you talk to is not going to be the same. And so this is really the starting place as you, as you go on this journey is you've got to get that collection of stories. You've got to get a, a bank of stories built up. But think about this as you have your sales meetings, your team meetings, talk to each other about, what are some of the successes that people had specifically? Or even, I've got a client that's facing this kind of problem. Who's got an example of somebody that overcame that problem? And share those stories with each other to create that bank of stories. Even as I facilitate, in fact, I, was, I, I, was, I went from a, uh, a manufacturing company to a technology company, the, the kind of back-to-back -back in some training that I was doing last week. And I'm going to tell different stories that the, the technology company that I will at the manufacturing company. And so I have to think about, okay, listen, what are their needs? Where are they? Where is their knowledge base right now to be able to know which stories are going to be most effective for them? And so building that story bank, I think, is extremely important. And I, I, we're not pitching, you know, create create business fables that you can use to tell us stories or, or like you said, make stuff up. We're actually push on find the real life experiences that you can turn into effective stories because those real life experiences are going to have greater impact. So talk to each other and collect the ones that you have from, from your life and your experience that you'll be able to, to pass on to other people. And with that bank of stories, as you listen carefully to their problems or to their objections, you'll be able to have a story that connects back to them and their objection that may be the point that helps them get over that objection. So building this story bank is a really good tactic. I, I have been wanting to do this for years, uh, yet I still sit here having not done it. Um, is there a is there a best practice for people like us who are in business, whether we're coaches, uh, business owners, retail shop owners, online owners, like we need to get stories so that we can tell them is their best practice for building that story bank. 
Well, I'm going to say the best practice is going to be your practice. And, and, and I say that because my best practice may not be the best practice for you. The big thing is to just start it, to just do it. We, we do have on, on our website, the, the master, I always have to get this in there, master-storytelling.com. It's got a little dash between master and, and storytelling. But if you go there, we have a free download that's called the Story Catcher. And it's something that just kind of prompts, all right, where can I find these? Where can I look for these types of stories? But I'll tell you my best practice. I, I carry with me almost everywhere I go, my iPad mini. This is, this is I consider it my second brain or my external hard drive <laughs> to, to, to my brain. And I have a little folder under the, the just the simple Apple Notes program that's called Stories for Someday. And when I have an experience that I have some kind of an emotional reaction to, I'll jot it down in there. I don't always know what the lesson is that I'm going to gain from that, but I know that it's going to be a good story if I've had an emotional reaction to something. So that, that to me is one of the cues that I give people. Look for those points of time in your life where you have an emotional reaction, whether it's something that frustrates you, something that uh, makes you happy, something that uh, makes you angry, makes you sad, some kind of an emotional reaction, there's probably a lesson within that story. And from a sales perspective, think about the times that you have interactions with clients where it's like, wow, that was awesome. Or, ooh, that didn't go well. And, and capture that moment. And you might later think about, okay, why? What's the lesson that we're taking away from that? But capture those. So that's, that's one tip that I always give. The other tip that I give is if you have a particular topic that you know that you need a story around, I'll, I'll, I'll go back because you brought up the sales example. Maybe there's a common objection that I keep getting from clients and I need a story to help overcome that objection. Well, just put that into your brain. Say, I'm, I, I'm looking for a story that's going to help me overcome that objection. Start talking to other people and start looking around your life. And it's almost like the universe will send it to you if you're looking for it. I, I had an experience several years ago where I was, I was teaching or I was leading a trainer certification class. And one of the requirements was they had to teach back part of the content and they had to include a story that connected to their content. And we started talking about just your question there. Where do I come up with these stories? And this one participant said, I make them up. And I was like, ooh, I don't really want to encourage that. And somebody else in the class said, well, I'm not sure that's going to be really authentic. So they kind of bailed me out on it. But then it stressed this participant out because she was like, well, then where do I find stories? And we talked through that. I tried to encourage her. She came up to me privately at the end of the day and said, I don't think I can do this. I don't think I can find a real life story. I, she was just completely stressed about it. I tried to calm her down, talk her through it. I was a little worried about her. Well, the next day we get back together. She teaches her segment. And she tells this great story about an interaction that she had with a woman on the elevator at the hotel the night before. And I said, where did you come up with that story? And she said, I was in my room. I was prepping. I was trying to think about this. I was stressing out. And I realized I just need to get out of the building and walk around for a little bit and clear my head. Got on the elevator, had this interaction with this woman started walking around the, the the hotel and I went, wait, that's a perfect illustration of what I'm talking about tomorrow. And it was just therefore because 
she was looking for it. She was looking for <laughs> that story that they'll, they'll come to you. I thought you were going to say, she was going to say, well, I just made it up. <laughs> <laughs> no, she didn't. That was, And that was the cool thing about it. And the, and the cool thing was I could tell she didn't make it up. There was reality. Yeah. There was authenticity in the way that she was telling the story and the details that she was putting into that story. And so it was really cool that she had been looking for this particular point and she got it. It just came to her life. And uh, I've seen that happen a lot of different times. Well, I, uh, so, so the, uh, the resource that you were talking about there at the beginning of this was at master storytelling.com, go to free stuff and then go to download the story catcher, which is I've done while you were talking here. This is pretty cool. So it's a four page PDF document. Uh, and it's got, looks like four steps and uh, on, you know, first of all, find find the experience in the lesson or vice versa. And then uh, know your audience. Step three, craft the story. And you give three stages for crafting the story, the current state, the conflict and the change. And then step four, practice and get feedback. I, I think this is a good resource. I think I, all the listeners should go do that. Go to master-storytelling.com. We will put this in the show notes and go to free stuff. And you can download the free story catcher how to turn everyday experiences into stories that teach, lead, sell, and inspire. The, you know, coming up with these stories, Mark, this is the hard part. But but the fact is we have them. You know, the yeah. stories are there. I spoke at an event this past weekend in Orange County, California. And I was talking about delegation of all things. I mean, that's part of what I teach. And delegation is not a very sexy subject. But I ended up telling two little stories, one of which was about my dad teaching me how to ride a bike. And, and I somehow was able to pull that into what delegation is. And I did, it really had nothing to do with what I was talking about delegation, but it was that point in this, in this speech that allowed me to break from the monotony of just going, do this, do this, do this, do this. And I backed up a minute. I said, well, let me talk about something. And I did, and it didn't have a direct connection, but it seemed like everybody in the room kind of lit up, leaned in a little bit when I told the story. And then I went back to the main content. So sometimes I think, at least in my experience, I found that to be helpful. What what, what are your thoughts about that? Absolutely. Yeah. On that topic of, of delegation, I tell a story sometime of an experience that I had with my son's t-ball team when he was six years old. Okay, now this son is now 36 years old. Okay, so this is this was 30 years ago that this happened. But we had this little t-ball team out there. And you, you know how t-ball is. It's these little kids. They can't even hit the ball out of the infield. So all the, the fielders are in the infield, kind of huddled together almost. The bases were loaded. Our team was out in the field. And I told this little girl, I think her name was Kaylee. I said, Kaylee, if the ball comes to you, run to home plate, step on home plate, we'll get an out. Well, sure enough, the ball came right to Kaylee. She blitzes to home plate, stomps on the plate, looks at me so proud of herself. She never picked up the ball. <laughs> okay. And I went, Kaylee, the ball. And I went, I didn't tell her to pick up the ball. She doesn't know this. She's brand new at this sport. How could I expect her to do that right? And I, I, it was a, it was one of those moments that it was funny. I had a reaction to it. And so I kept that moment. And then I got thinking about it later. and was like, who do we do that as leaders? When we delegate, do we say, hey, go do this. And we expect them to know the same things that we know. And then we're disappointed when they 
drop the ball. <laughs> if I can put that pun back in there, when they don't do exactly what we think they should, because they didn't know. And, and so that that's that's an important point that I make a lot of times in delegation, is when you delegate, don't just jump it on the person, but make sure they really know the steps that are going to take, which may be very natural to you, but it's new to them. Yeah. Well, you know, when you tell that story about the the T-ball, how much detail do you give? You you went through that really fast, like boom, 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 no details. You just told the, do you, do you recommend that that's the way you do it? Or do you recommend you pull more details in, visual details, et cetera? What, what, what is your recommendation? The level of detail that you want to give in a story is defined by your purpose of the story. So this is the mistake I see people make sometimes. They have, oh, I have this great story. And they'll tell the story about the t-ball team. And they'll talk about every kid on the t-ball team. And they'll talk about the grass that day. And they'll talk about all these other details that don't necessarily add to the point. I didn't add a lot of those details because it didn't get to the point that I was trying to make. And so when we're intentional about this is the point that I'm trying to get to, that will help us edit that level of detail. Now, if I was making a different point that needed certain details in there, then I would include those details. And I would know to include those details because I knew what purpose that I was that I had for telling that story. So that's the thing that really drives the level of detail is what's my intent? What, what is the lesson I'm trying to get to at the end of that story? That will help me self-edit how much detail I put in or leave out. Okay, that's good. I like that. I want to ask you, um, at some point during our talk today is I want you to tell us a story. Tell us maybe your favorite story to illustrate any topic or any point that you want to make. So I want to plant that seed there. But before you get a chance to do that, I want to talk about our sponsor for the Entrepreneur Master Series. So if you forgive me for just a moment, Mark, I want to talk about Story, who is the company who is actually our main sponsor. Not associated with Mark whatsoever, but they're a company called Story. Uh, they're actually out of, uh, I think they're out of Utah as well, oddly enough. Uh, they, I think, I could be completely wrong on that, but I think that's where they're at. But it's uh, uh, Story is spelled S-T-O-R-Y-Y. And what they do, frankly speaking, is they take your video content and make it perfect for social media. Because we all know that this is where we are in these this day and age is social media videos are driving e-commerce. They're driving commerce. They're driving relationships. I can't tell you how many people I have met over the last year or two since I started really paying attention to doing high quality Instagram reels, high quality YouTube shorts, high quality videos on YouTube, high quality videos on any of those platforms that are short form, you know, 60 or so seconds. That's what you have to be doing to be in business today. And that's what story does. They give you the prompts. So all you have to do is say, this is the subject I want to talk about. They'll give you the prompt. Their their uh, their phone app even has a built-in teleprompter. If you want to use that, you can use the built-in teleprompter. They will edit the videos with all of the on-screen captions and the pictures and the Zoom cuts and the B-roll. They will even write the captions and the hashtags and post it for you if you want them to. It's a one-stop shop for everything editing on social media. Now, 40 years ago, you weren't in business unless you had Yellow Page ads. Today, you're not in business unless you're doing short-form story videos. And Story is the company that you can use to get you to look like that. I just yesterday had a guy reach out to me 
on Instagram. He DM me and he said, Hey Jason, I've been following you ever since we spoke on stage a couple years ago in Denver. He says, man, your, your game on social media is continue to get better. I had another lady reach out to me and say, Hey Jason, who's doing your, who's doing your videos online because they're really, really good. And I say story stories, who's doing those. So if you want to get a shot at using story for one free video edit, plus a discount if you decide to sign up with their services, go to therealjasonduncan.com slash story. Therealjasonduncan.com slash story. That's S-T-O-R-Y-Y. You can get X, you can get a free video, plus you get a big discount for signing up if you decide to sign up with them. They are our primary sponsor here for the Entrepreneur Master Series. Thank you to Connor Snyder. Thank you to Devin Gillen. Thank you for all the guys over there at Story that make this show possible. All right, now back to our show talking about storytelling. Um, so, so Mark, have you got a story that you love telling that really means a lot to you? You know, when you ask me what's my favorite story, that's almost like asking me which is your favorite grandchild. I've got twelve grandkids. It's like you ask me which is my favorite. You know, when you're asking me which my favorite story is, and the funny thing is. I do have favorite grandchildren, but it varies at different times. And it's the same thing with my stories. It depends on kind of where I, who, who I'm with and what point I'm trying to make as to which story I, I want to tell. But I'll, but I'll go ahead and use this one. The, this, is, this is one that I tell a lot when I'm talking to people about helping motivate their teams. And maybe this could even be in, in motivating people to buy. Um, when my daughter was a teenager... Um, this, this is my home office right here where I am, but previously this was her bedroom. Okay. And when she lived in this room, it was a disaster area. Okay. Just picture a room with just clothes all over the floor. The desk had papers all over it. It had plates with food crumbs on it, candy wrappers sitting around her dresser drawers, half hanging open, and piles of stuff on top of that. And it just, I, I used to say to her, how do you even find your way to your bed? And I kept trying to get her to clean it up. And I do things like saying, you got to clean your room. This is part of your job here. This is part of being a member of the family. Did nothing for her. Honey, I'll give you an extra allowance if you will clean your room. She had a job at the time. She didn't care about that. And, I, and then I tried to get it to her own benefit. You could trip and hurt yourself on the way to the bathroom at night. You And I tried all these different things. Nothing was working. And I got to the point, it's like, I, I cannot motivate her to do this. She's, she's going to have to figure this out. One morning, about 5 a.m., we hear this little knock on our bedroom door. And it's my daughter. And of course, my first thought as she wakes me up out of sleep is, oh, she's sick. Is, there, is she hurt? Is there something wrong? And uh, so I hopped out of bed and I said, what's wrong? What's wrong? She says, um, I think there might be a mouse in my room. We live, uh, backing up to our house, there's a, about a 10 acre field behind us. And so it's no surprise that there's, there's mice around. So we went down to her room, sure enough, huddled under her dresser. There's this little rodent. Well, we catch the rodent, we get him back out where he belongs. And I came back down to her room and I said, why do you think that mouse picked your room out of all the rooms in the house to come to. She looks at me and she goes, I don't know. I said, look around. Just look around your room and think about what might bring a mouse here. She goes, oh, there's some food crumbs over there on that plate. 
Yeah, so they might have been drawn by the food. What else? Oh, that candy wrapper has a little something in it. They may have like, yeah. I said, you see all these clothes on the floor? Those are great little nests for mice to come in. And they hardly ever come alone. They usually bring friends. Now, Jason, how do you think she reacted to that? <laughs> I wish a mouse would come in my daughter's room right now. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I've had people as they tell this story say, you planted that mouse there. But I didn't. I never thought of that. Honestly, I never even thought of that. But then I said to her, if you don't want more mice coming back to your room, you need to do something about it. I came home from work that day. Her room was spotless. And every time it started to drift back into kind of the messy zone, I would just say to her, oh, you're inviting the mice back. And the point that I make with this story is the things that motivate you don't motivate other people. You have to find the thing that motivates them if you truly want to motivate people. So that's an example of one of the stories. And that's one that does have a lot of layers of detail that I, that I include in that. Well, that's a good story. And I was a hundred percent into the story because I have the, have a similar situation here at my home. Um, I have not, I have not planted a mouse in the bedroom, but I am not above that. <laughs> yeah, I, I did actually I, I see promise, a video. I, I, I promise I'm raising my hand to the square. I did not plant that mouse in the room. <laughs> well, I did see, I did see a, a YouTube short where some mom put, took black uh, rice, just black rice and, and put just strategically put it around the room. And if anybody knows what black rice versus what mouse turds look like, they are indistinguishable because you're not similar. Be close enough to figure out the difference. And her, her daughter cleaned the room up immediately after that. And, I, and we, my wife and I have actually talked about that. We had a conversation. Should we do this? And we're like, nah, probably not. But um, so, so let's, let's do this because I, I want to get, I want to get super tactical. And again, I want to make an offer to the audience. If you've got a question you want to ask, just type it in there. Uh, you may not have any questions. That's okay. But if you have a question, Mark and I will be able to tackle that question live here on the show, but let's get, let's get really tactical, Mark. If we're going to talk about being a better storyteller and we want to tell stories because people connect emotionally with stories and that's how they make buying decisions. The story has to be about them not about us. We know that that's a tactical thing that we can put into place. Um, we need to build our storybook, which you have a tool to help us figure out how to do that. But from a tactical standpoint, let's get nitty gritty. What are some things that we can do to be better storytellers that tell stories that convert into people spending money? Yeah. And so I'll actually use the, the story that I just gave you uh, to, to illustrate this, this structure uh, as we get into it. And at the risk of trying to clump too many things together, I'm going to try to tie this to some brain science too, because this is why stories work. Um, there's a guy named Dr. Paul Zak that works at Claremont Graduate College. And he is a, a neuroeconomist, I think is, the, is his title. So he talks about wh wh how does our brain work to make decisions? And isn't, isn't that what sales is all about? It's, it's really getting to, to how people's brains work to make that buying decision. And he talks about three chemical reactions that happen in our brains when people hear effectively told stories. And it corresponds with those three sections that you referenced that are, that are mentioned in the story catcher. That there's the setup. It's, it's the current state or the introduction that we like to call it. This is where you set the stage to bring your audience member 
into that story so they feel like they're there. This is where you're going to get the characters in there and the challenge that they're facing with kind of the current state. So I did that with you in the story of my daughter when I talked about my daughter's messy room and all the things I tried to clean it up. And so what are you thinking about during that time, Jason? You're thinking about your daughter's room. You're making that connection. And in doing so, it increases the oxytocin in your brain because you can relate now to what I'm talking about. Oxytocin is known as the trust hormone. Now, I want you to just sit on that for a second. If you can increase the oxytocin in the brains of your clients or your prospects, what does that mean about your relationship with them? They're going to trust you more. And who do people buy from? They buy from people they trust. So the setup of the story builds oxytocin in the listener's brain. And it goes back again to that concept we talked about earlier, that it has to be about them. It has to be relatable for them. Then you get into the middle part of the story. This is where the conflict comes in. There's something happened that's messing with that current state and potentially even getting in the way of that goal. This was the point in the story where there's a mouse in the room. And all of a sudden, things are different than they were before. And we got to get the mouse out of the room. So there's, there's our conflict part of the story. The conflict increases cortisol in the listener. It makes them go, but what's going to happen next? Where is this going? Where is this headed? And that keeps people's attention. So cortisol will heighten their attention. So you've set up the story well. Now they trust you. And then you've created this tension that makes them want to listen to what's coming next. And then you get to the third part of the story, which is the change. What happens here at the end? This came into my story when we found out that the thing that really motivated my daughter to clean her room was to keep the mice out. And all of a sudden, that's going to help me achieve the goal that I'm trying to achieve of getting her to clean her room. And this is where we get an increase of the neurotransmitter dopamine. And dopamine is that uh, kind of feeling that it gives you. This is what you get when you level up on a video game. And it's that sense of satisfaction or accomplishment or completion. And when you give people that sense of completion, it's like, ooh, now I'm ready to take that next step. I'm ready to move on to the next thing. That's why video games are set up so strongly to give you some kind of reward sensation at the end so that you will want to go on to the next level and relate that into your selling process. When people have that sense of dopamine at the end of, wow, I can achieve this too, they want to take that next step, which is to learn more or to buy from you. So those are the, that's the structure that we put together where we take a real life experience and don't just tell the experience, but if you can carefully, intentionally structure it that way, it's going to draw those brain chemicals into people that will lead them to know, trust, and like you better. So this current state conflict change setup. So step one's current state. Step two is explain the conflict. And then the third is the change. I'll, I'll start with C, current state, conflict, and change. So as we're telling stories as salespeople, we need as business people, we're standing before a board of investors, or you know, we're standing before the the the, the board that's gonna make a decision to purchase from you. You know, 
think about what that might look like. Talk about the current state. Well, don't talk about their current state specifically, but use the third party to explain what it could look like that feels immediately familiar to that person. So, you know, I work with, we've worked with a lot of people just like you. As a matter of fact, we were working with a hospital just like you guys not too long ago, and they were dealing with X, Y, and Z, whatever X, Y, and Z are. That's current state. And then what happened was they experienced some sort of conflict. And we have to explain in our story, here's what they experienced in conflict. So in your story, it was a mouse appeared in the room, but it could be they started seeing um, reimbursements drop or they started seeing uh, days off increase or they started seeing more accidents in the parking lot. Whatever you're trying to push home, like explain the conflict of this other person who experienced this. And then finally, in the third part, doing the change, they made a decision to do X and they can't, the X can't be work with us because that's way too, <laughs> that's way too, uh, that's way too easy. Like you got to, they made the decision to make certain changes. And when they made those changes, then everything kind of resolved itself. So if you tell that story and then you go into your pitch and say, as a matter of fact, we are uniquely qualified to solve that problem. This is what we do for people. This is what we help them with. You tell that story. Think about how much more deals you'll close than going in and saying, we're really good. We have a five-star rating with Google. You guys suck. We can help you. You just give me money. Yeah. <laughs> That's a whole yeah, lot right better on. of a sales pitch, isn't it? Right on. Well, and, and you think about, you know, I, I talked about that brain chemistry and, and kind of what's happening physiologically inside the other person during that story. What happens physiologically inside of people when you say, we're the best. We have this great, here's all our, our features and benefits. Uh, we have this five, five star rating. You're, you got these terrible problems. The other, the competition sucks. What's happening within that person as you're saying that they're, they're building up their resistance. They're building up walls to you because you are kind of forcing on them. Think about this. If, if you're standing in, in line, any kind of line, and somebody behind you starts leaning on you a little bit, what do you automatically do? You kind of lean back to avoid falling over. You start pushing on somebody, what are they going to do? They're going to push back. It's just a natural human reaction that we have. Wouldn't it be better to get the natural human reaction that comes with storytelling instead? And you, you gave the example, so, a great example, by the way, uh, in, a, in, a, in a sales conversation. But extend this out. What about in hiring decisions? As you're growing your company, as you're bringing somebody in new, if you want to make sure they fit with the organization, tell them the story of what it looks like to live the values of your company within that company. And you'll find out pretty quick whether they connect to that or not. And if they don't, that's probably not a person you want to hire. And it's probably, and they probably wouldn't be comfortable coming on to your company either. So it's going to help you get people that fit with the values that you have. If you can not just say, well, we have values around integrity and teamwork and trust and, you know, the, these words that we put up on the wall. Instead of talking to them about the words on the wall, show them the behaviors in the hall and, and tell them what that looks like. And then it gives them a chance to say, yeah, I want to be part of that. Or, no, that's really not who I am. And then you're going to hire people that are going to fit with your culture better too. We have, um, we have in our culture initiatives in our companies, one of the pillars that we base it on is the pillar of excellence in service. 
And one of the sub points to that to explain what that looks like is that we always want to admit to and correct mistakes immediately. That's part of how we see that. So I could explain that to people or I could tell this story. And this is a true story. So we had one of our uh, one of our employees. Uh, her name was Alex and she's a fantastic employee. She came to me one day. This has been a long time ago. She came to me one day and said, Hey, Hey boss, we, you know, we screwed up on that job and, uh, that was my fault and I ended up having to fix it. And this is what I had to do to, to fix it. And it's going to end up costing us about 500 bucks to, to, to make that right for the customer. Uh, I just needed to let you know that I screwed up. I told the customer we messed up and I fixed it. So at the next family meal, and of course I, I thanked her for doing that, but at the next family meal, uh, I stood up when they, and my family meal, I mean, it's when all of us as a team all get together once a month and we all just have this big meal and we do a little team meeting. So at our next meal, I said, Hey, I just want to talk about something today. I said, uh, I need to talk about Alex screwing up on this job. <laughs> and when I said that, everybody's like, what? And they thought I was about to call her out and, and yeah. talk about, talk bad about her. But I said, I want to explain to you what happened. She screwed up on this job and it cost the company about 500 bucks. But here's why it's really good that she told me that story and why I want to tell you, because everything she did supports, and I, we had it on the wall, supports excellence in service. Excellence in service means that we admit to and correct mistakes immediately. We own up for our mistakes. And so I want to give an applause to Alex for admitting the mistake fixing the mistake, telling the customer, and then furthermore, come and telling me, the owner of the company, and letting me know that she did it and she fixed it. That is the culture we're trying to build here at this company. And I want to say thank you to Alex. And man, the whole room just stood up and gave applause. Like that story does so much more for us than me just saying, hey, when you screw up, you need to admit it. <laughs> yeah, well, and, and that's where people look at the words on the wall and they now have a vision, they, they, they have a picture of what that means, and they know it's real. It's not just words at that point, because that story has that emotional impact on people where they can say, yeah, this is real for us. There's a, there's a great story that Dave Ramsey tells um, in one of his books, and it, it, they'd hired on a new salesperson, and one of their values is everyone helps everyone else. And this salesperson admitted that when he got hired on, he thought, yeah, we'll see. But I got stuff that I need to do, and I'm not going to do menial stuff here. Well, he was there for about a month, and they ran into this emergency. The shipment of books and materials that they had for a big event that Dave was doing got sent to the wrong place. And so their fix for it was they were going to load up a U-Haul truck with the books they needed and a couple of employees were going to drive it to the place overnight just so they made sure it got there. And so it came around and they said, everybody, we need help loading the truck. Everybody come do this. And this guy said, yeah, I've, I've got to contact this client. This is really important. And his boss said, no, come help. And he went down begrudgingly doing that. And they had one of those little you know, the bucket brigade lines that you see for old fashioned fighting fires of just handing boxes down the line to get into the truck. Well, who's on the truck stacking the boxes? Dave Ramsey. And it was that point that he said, oh, that's real. They do mean that everybody helps everybody here. And from that point on, that wasn't a, a question for him because he saw that it was real. And, and so those stories, those real life experiences that demonstrate what those values are, have a huge 
positive impact. Yeah. Well, I think our bottom line here for today's today's webinar is that stories do make a difference. And if we want to be better, more effective as a leader, uh, as a business owner, as an entrepreneur, as a salesperson, we've got to figure out how to incorporate true and real stories that illustrate what we're trying to accomplish and the benefit that it provides to the people that we're talking to. Because like you said, Mark, you've said it two or three times during this show, is that people do business with people that they know, like, and trust. And, you know, we can, we can help establish that likability, that knowability and that trustability. And we can, we can establish all of that by telling good stories. Now, if we're going to do that, we got to sit down and think it, think about it. We can't tell these stories off the cuff. There's not very many people that can do that and, and do it well. So is there a way, again, it's kind of it's a similar question I asked earlier when you talked about the story catcher, but is there a way that we can ask professionals craft stories that work for what we're going to be pitching? Uh, if, you, if you've got some examples of how to do that, share that with us. And by the way, if you've got questions, if anybody's got questions, feel free to drop them and we'll be happy to answer them live on the show. Well, and, and just because I'm this kind of person, Jason, I'm going to answer your question with a question. <laughs> so you asked about how, how do we really get better at this? How do we, how do we get better at this craft of stories, at storytelling, particularly if it's something new to us or maybe feels a little foreign? So I, the question I want to ask you is tell me something that you're good at now that you weren't good at 10 years ago. Hmm. What am I good at now that I wasn't good at? Well, I think hosting hosting podcasts and webinars like this. Okay. How did you get better? Uh, I put in the reps. <laughs> so I, I put in the time, the repetition of doing it. Plus, I, I watched other people do it and paid attention to how other people were doing it. It's the exact same thing with storytelling. And, and I really appreciate you bringing that up. You, and it's funny because I do this with podcast hosts a lot. And, and that's the most common thing that comes up is, well, podcasting. I wasn't doing this 10 years ago. And, and the only way to get good at a new skill like storytelling, because it is a skill just like anything else. It's not you have a gift for it or you don't. It's a skill that can be developed. And so if you're trying to get good at it, A, learn from pe people who know. You know, read the books, watch the good storytellers, craft your stories, but then you got to put the reps in. You got to try it. And you're not always going to succeed. There's going to be sometimes your story is going to fall flat. But the more you do it, the more you learn from that, and you learn from the feedback that you get as you tell those stories, the better you're going to get at it. And it flat out is just what you said, Jason. It's the reps. You got to put the reps in uh, to, to be able to make it happen. And, you know, if you're really uncomfortable with it, get some coaching along the way. We coach people all the time in this. I, I have a guy that came to me and said, uh, he's actually a neighbor of mine. He's a good friend of mine. And he said, I'm, he was trying to kind of transition into doing some speaking from the stage. And he was thinking about it. He says, how, how am I going to get better at this? I don't, I don't know. And, and all, he ran into me. We were, out, uh, we were out jogging and crossed each other. And he called me the next day and he said, I'm such an idiot. I should have been talking to you a long time ago about how do I tell stories. And so I've done some coaching with him. And it's amazing the difference that it makes in just getting reps in. I had him craft a couple of different stories and then just 
practice them and give them little tweaks on feedback and practice it again and give them a couple little tweaks. And he just got better and better. And then he can't, became much more comfortable with it too. You're probably much more comfortable as a podcast host and doing webinars than you were when you first started as well. But it's because you put the reps in to get it done. Yeah. The, the other thing well, that I want to, yeah, the, the only other thing I want to add on there, because I, I always fear that, that, that this concept of storytelling can, can veer off path a little bit. And the path that I don't want it to veer to is I can use stories to manipulate people. Because if you try to use storytelling to manipulate people, it will come across as manipulative. And so your intent again has to be, I want to tell this story to help you understand, to help you achieve something. And certainly in business is going to help to, to, to bring, bring sales, but it has to be with the intent of, I'm going to help you solve a problem. And it's just helping you understand how we can help you solve that problem. So storytelling is about leading like a human being. It's about selling like a human being, because this is how human beings connect and understand each other and understand important concepts. It's how our human brain is wired. And so I, I just look at it as let's bring greater humanity into business, into leadership. Storytelling is one of the greatest ways to do that. Well, I think, um, I think another thing, if I could bring in a little bit of more personal perspective, or at least from my, from my experience, if I am honest and I look back at all of the world leaders, everybody who's been a great leader throughout history, uh, one in my mind stands apart above all the rest, regardless of whether or not you find him to be, in fact, the king of the world, the creator of the universe, like I do as G Jesus, Jesus Christ. That guy, our calendar is changed because of his existence, like zero <laughs> it goes back to when he was he was born. Right. So year 2023 is 2023 years since he was born. So like, that's how big of an impact this guy made now he's not the only religious leader that's ever lived. I mean, there's lots of others, Muhammad for, for Islam, there's Buddha, you know, uh, Siddhartha Gautama for the Buddha, for Buddhism. And there's all these religious leaders, but, but why does Jesus stand out in my mind above all the rest and the impact they made? Because everything he did was in stories. Like he did not yeah. teach without telling stories. And if it was good enough for him and the impact that was made as a result of that, then surely to goodness, we can all recognize the power of telling stories. So I think we all have to be better at telling stories, which is why I wanted to bring this topic to the listeners is that we've got to be better at telling stories. And I think your, your, your the points that you've made here, we got to build this story bank. We've got to make sure our stories are about them, not about us. And it's got to be current state conflict change. Those are the three, three points, the current state, the conflict, and then the change. I think this is absolutely I must learn skill. We got to get the reps in. We've got to make sure that we do this on a regular basis. You're going to fall behind your competition if you're not telling stories. Yeah, th this this will make you stand out. And and I'll, I'll go back to the to the comment you made about Jesus Christ too. That think about it goes back to the thing I was saying. Think about what his intent was. What, what was was his intent to deceive people or to to pull them away? No, his intent was to help them to be better, to, to draw them closer to God. And, and that's the kind of good intent that we need to have in telling our stories. And so that's the one thing that I would add to the, to the kind of the summary that you put there is tell, tell, tell your stories with intentionality. 
and with a good intent that your purpose is to help people by teaching them, by leading them, by inspiring them, and, and by giving them some change that will be important for them, not just important for you. Yeah. High intent is always an important part of any sales or leadership uh, tactic or, or strategy. You know, if you don't have high intent, um, you might get away with it for a short period of time, but it is not going to be a long-term progress to success. We've got to have high intent. And so being a master storyteller as a, as a, uh, as a salesperson, as an entrepreneur, as a business leader, we've got to have high intent. And I, that goes back to your story. You told about the lady who was just making stuff up, <laughs> you know, there was probably decent intent, but, but, but it wasn't high intent. It wasn't, Hey, I want to communicate truth to these people. She, her, her intent was more about how is this going to, how's this interaction going to benefit me? But if I'm thinking about how's this interaction going to benefit the person I'm trying to pitch to or sell to, then the intent has to be considered. We've got to consider high intent, which means we can't tell untrue stories. And that's, that's something that we all have to take into consideration. Well, um, any other tactical Mark, any other tactical advice or strategies or tips for being better storytellers to get our clients to spend more money with us? You know, I, I just, I think the only other thing that I would leave you with is just as your starting point. If you're sitting there going, I, I, boy, I can't get there. There's, there's such a long gap between where I am and now and, and where you're saying I need to be. I'm just going to say, just start. And just start by doing that first step, collecting those stories, looking for those examples of things that come up that are going to teach the important principles that you want to teach. And, and the other thing is just, just try it once. Just try it once and see. I gave you that example of a salesperson who was a little skeptical and they, they, they tried it on a client and it had an impact. Just try it. Just try it out and just see how it can help you in, in helping you achieve your goals and in helping you help the people that you're serving or you're serving in your industry. I love that, man. So um, I want to recap this for everybody, kind of go over it because I've been taking good notes on this and I think everybody should be taking notes. And if you're watching the replay of this, you can always always go back and rewind this and watch it again. Um, this will be available on my YouTube channel at uh, youtube.com slash the real Jason Duncan. And it will also be just permanently on my page on Facebook at the real Jason Duncan or LinkedIn at the real Jason Duncan. But the story has to be about that person, not about you. Now, I will say as an aside to that, Mark, you and I briefly touched on this is that sometimes the story could be technically about a third party who's not involved, but it's illustrating what it's going to do for the person you're telling the story to. But it can't be about you. You're not the hero of your own story. The person you're trying to sell to, he or she, they are the they should be the hero. And you're the Obi Wan Kenobi. You're the support system. You're the person that can help them get there. You need to build a strong story bank. So you got to collect those stories and go get the story catcher. Uh, Mark Mark talked about it. And I'll mention that again at the very end about how to get that story catcher. Uh, there are three stages to the story: current state, conflict, and change. Current state builds oxytocin in the brain of the person because they they feel the, the stress of what the problem is or what's going on. And then the conflict increases that cortisol in the person's brain. And then the third state of change increases the dopamine, which gives that relaxing feeling of, hey, a story solved in a happy ending, in a happy way. Um, we always got to have high intent when we tell stories. And this is something that Mark and I just talked about a couple moments ago. We got to have high intent. We got to get in the reps. 
and we can't make good we can't make stuff up we got to tell real stories which goes back again to collecting the stories and so mark you got you got that story catcher at master-storytelling.com under the free stuff tab go to the story catcher you could download that for free Mark, are there any other resources that you want to make available to the listeners that they can go get access to? Or is there any events that you've got coming up that you want to talk about or promote? Yeah, we we regularly do our master storytelling workshop and we we do it in three virtual 95 minute segments. So just over three days, it's 95 minutes each day. We do that because we, we then we can break it up and give you a little assignment to start developing a, a story. So that by the end of the workshop, you've got a, a, a real life, a real good story that that's crafted well and that you've practiced that you can go use. And so that's under the events page on, on our website. Our, our next one's coming up May 16th through 18th. Uh, I'm, I'm hesitating because I got those dates wrong one time, but that's it. It's May 16th through 18th. And then um, the other thing is just follow me on LinkedIn. Uh, connect with me on LinkedIn. I'm always putting stories out there. So if you want to, if you want to see that structure that we just talked about and and see how I'm using stories and and, and making business points and and teaching, leading, selling, and inspiring. Uh, follow me there. I'd be happy to answer any questions that you have if, if we as we connect there as well. And um, just uh, lo- love the opportunity to be here and and talk to your tribe, Jason, and uh, hope I'm providing some value and benefit to everybody. Absolutely. So everybody go check him out on LinkedIn. You can just look him up, Mark Carpenter and his picture and his banner is going to say master storytelling, master storytelling. So Mark, once again, man, I just want to say a big shout out and thank you to you for being here, for taking the time out of your busy schedule to come and talk to us today on the Entrepreneur Master Series. It was a great, great time and I appreciate your insight. It's been a great pleasure to be with you, Jason. I I just love connecting with people that have that high intent that you talked about. And that, that's what I want to help people do. I want to help people reach their goals with, with good intent and create a world where we're leading with great humanity. Thank you, Mark. I appreciate it. Well, as we finish this up, I have some very exciting news to share with everybody about our next EMS. It's going to be a live event that you do not want to miss. Plus, it's going to be live streamed. So we're going to do it in person in Nashville, plus it's going to be live stream. I'm going to give you the details about that in just a second, so don't log off yet. Just stay with us. You're going to hear all the details about the next event. Don't miss this, so stick it or stick around for just a minute. But I first want to address, and uh, before, I, before I do that, thanks again, Mark. This was, this was fantastic. We're going to send this out. The replay is going to go out to everybody who registered, uh, so thank you for doing that. Now, if you like this type of information, if you like this type of content, if you like the value that it provides, as an entrepreneur, I want you to consider there's a lot more where this came from on my website at therealjasonduncan.com. I've got a whole family of people all over the world that tap into this content on a regular basis, whether it's the Entrepreneur Master Series, whether it's my podcast, whether it's my book, or any of the coaching programs that I offer. But I have a free tool that we're just, just brand new to the TRJD family called the Business Burnout Test. So if you're feeling overwhelmed, if you're feeling a little bit exhausted and unfulfilled in your business, then you might be experiencing burnout. And burnout is a serious condition that you don't need to take lightly. I have created this business burnout test specifically for you to take a quick 10-question quiz to see where you are 
on the scale of burnout and what you could do to avoid it and to recover from it. So if you want to get personalized recommendations, how to find balance in your life, to how to find success, to reignite your passion and to achieve success on your own terms and not just to be a slave to your business, you can start your journey to a happier, healthier business life today. All you got to do is go to businessburnouttest.com. That's businessburnouttest.com today and take the test. It's 100% free. You will love it and you'll thank me later. Now, let me tell you about our next EMS. The next Entrepreneur Master Series is going to be live. This is something we're doing brand new for 2023. We're doing four, that's four live in-person events in Nashville, Tennessee this year. And the first one is coming up on May the 17th. The topic for that particular EMS Live is going to be podcasting for profit, how to build your brand, grow your income, and reach your goals. We're going to have a guy in by the name of Elsie Flanard, who is the mayor of Podcast Town. He actually has a company called Podcast Town. He does he transitioned to podcasting full-time several years ago and is making a living at podcasting and helping other people do the same. He's going to be flying into Nashville. We're going to be doing a two-hour live webinar just like this, but it's actually in person. We've got room for 40 people to be live in attendance. Uh, live in the room with us to ask questions live. We're going to do Q&A live. Plus, it's going to be live streamed and we'll do it live stream just like this for free. If you want, if you can't fly into Nashville, you can't be here. But I want you to come to this. We're going to talk about how to leverage podcasting to accelerate your personal brand, to increase your income and to maximize your impact. It's going to co uh, cover various core strategies, including how to choose what platform to put your podcast on, what format you should do a podcast in, and optimization tactics on how to reach your target audience. And we're also going to discuss how to use podcasts as an effective content marketing tool and explore ways to monetize those podcasting efforts. You don't want to miss this opportunity to be live with me, the real Jason Duncan, and the mayor of Podcast Town. LZ Flanard, you want to be in the room with us. The tickets are only $47 a piece. That just covers our cost of using the room and getting all the technology equipment set up. And there's going to be some light refreshments that are going to be there. So it's going to be on May the 17th. It's a two-hour event on May the 17th right here in Nashville. It's actually going to be in Hendersonville, Tennessee, just north of Nashville. But we're right here in Nashville. If you want to come live, all you do is go to therealjasonduncan.com slash EMS live. That's the real jasonduncan.com slash EMS live. You're going to get tickets for 47 bucks a piece. You're going to show up live. There's only 40 tickets. So you want to make sure you're one of the people in the room, especially if you've ever thought about podcasting. This is definitely it. We're going to have different subjects, different topics on every EMS live throughout the rest of the year. So make sure you sign up for these, register for these and come to these. So that's EMS live, the real jasonduncan.com slash EMS Live. Big shout out to Garen Parkins, owner of Desk Rig. He's our producer for the EMS episodes. He's behind the scenes making this all work. And uh, I know we've had a couple of technical difficulties with some of the stuff on the social media platforms. Had nothing to do with Garen. He's doing a fantastic job keeping everything on track here. If you have any high-end production needs, you want somebody to manage all that on the back end, or you just need help making your Zoom meetings look better, you need to reach out to Desk Rig. So go to Desk Rig. Dot com and tell them that Jason sent you. So thanks for tuning in again for this episode of the Entrepreneur Master Series. I hope to see you live here in Nashville when we get together on May the 17th to do the first EMS Live of 2023, first of many to come. As always, 
I'll see you next time on EMS. I am the real Jason Duncan and Jesus is King. Well, there you have it. Another idea for you to be better as an entrepreneur, to get to success more quickly. Of course, this was an extra special edition of the Root of All Success. This was one of my live webinars, the Entrepreneur Master Series. I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did. I hope you enjoyed it as much as our listeners and the people that were live in that webinar when we did that. I hope that you enjoyed it. I hope it was valuable for you. If you would like to attend one of these live and in person the next time we do it, I do two of these every month and I bring in amazing guests like the one you just heard, you can go to therealjasonduncan.com slash EMS. That stands for Entrepreneur Master Series. Therealjasonduncan.com slash EMS. And you can register. These are absolutely free. They're open for anybody to come to. And I do two of these every single month. So thank you for listening today. I look forward to seeing you next time on another episode of The Root of All Success. Until then, I'm The Real Jason Duncan, and Jesus is King. Attention business owners. Attention business owners. Feeling burnout from running your business? Uncertain if you're nearing burnout? Take our free 10-question business burnout test at businessburnouttest.com to discover where you stand. With just 10 quick questions, you'll learn how to immediately begin making changes to regain freedom and success. Cut your daily operations time in half. Improve your quality of life and prepare your business for your future exit without losing revenue or profit. Visit businessburnouttest.com now and take the test. Thank you for listening to another edition of The Root of All Success with the real Jason Duncan. If you've enjoyed this week's episode, visit therootofallsuccess.com to access the show notes and other helpful resources. Follow Jason on social media at The Real Jason Duncan. See you again next time here on The Root of All Success. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.